Unger the Radar, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. Hey guys, I'm Randy Unger, and this is another episode of Unger the Radar, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. And I have with me my favorite power couple and friends to the show, Rachel Kolb and Eric Godfrey. Welcome back, guys. Hi, happy to be back. Hello. Uh, so we've got um, quite a, a, we have a blockbuster on our hands. We're going to be reviewing uh, the new live action Barbie film starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. And this film, it is currently just, it's, it's, it's raking in all the, all the money. It is breaking records left and right. And I saw it yesterday and I'm still kind of digesting it. And I really enjoyed myself. Um, in this film, we are taken to Barbie land. And we see Barbie as she interacts with other Barbies and many Kens. Uh, but the main Ken is played by a hilarious Ryan Gosling. Uh, and we basically watch both of these ridiculous characters go into the real world and basically fend for themselves uh, and interact with actual human beings. Uh, th this movie was fantastic. Um, it really it, it 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 pulled a Top Gun Maverick for this year, bringing people back into movie theaters and in a really really fun way. Uh, it, it's 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 pink, it's ridiculous, it's basically a musical, and it's it's just a fun fun time at the movies. I was really I left the theater with a smile. I I went in with a smile and I left with the, an even bigger smile. But uh, guys, what did you think of Barbie? Well. I mean, everything that you said, I mean, walking into the theater, I actually got goosebumps because our theater was just, everybody was there to see Barbie. Everyone was decked out in pink. There were like women, girls, and femmes of all ages that were there that were um, just, you know, they're with their friends, they're with their moms and their daughters and like, just, it, it was such a wonderful vibe coming into the movie. Um, everyone was just so excited about it and the movie itself you know like there are a lot of moments that you just kind of want to like stand up and cheer <laughs> or you want to like you know like applaud or like they get like big laugh lines from just these music numbers with <laughs> these music numbers with Ken which are really amazing um, uh, Greta Gerwig just she stepped up her game again with this movie um, the production design of it the influences the cinematic influences um i don't remember which publication it was but i want to say there was letterbox did a rundown with greta gerwig of her cinematic influences with barbie and i highly recommend that people check it out because it's a great uh cinema education they actually had the cast get together every sunday for movie church and they would watch one of the <laughs> movies that for her was an influence in in creating Barbie. So wow. as they were working on the movie, they were getting that sort of communal experience together. That's awesome. I, I definitely got to check that out now because because of Barbie, Greta Gerwig is definitely on my list of filmmakers to check out. Especially there, you know, she's she's known for a, a bunch of great dramedies uh, over the past decade. So yeah, I'm gonna go back and revisit those. 
Um, yeah, Little Women definitely. Like, I feel like Little Women and Barbie are like <laughs> that would make a perfect double feature. Um, I like particularly, it. Particularly, like I feel like could you could mash up uh, America Ferrara's uh, speech from Barbie with um, uh, Saoirse Ronan's uh, uh, women feel uh, speech from Little Women. Right. So. Yeah, and this movie is all about uh, women, obviously, and and female empowerment. And the, the 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 monologue that you just mentioned was I, I don't without giving too much away it was just fantastic it was like I think that was probably the best part of the movie, but um, yeah. we'll, we'll let viewers decide that. Um, actually, before we go any further, I wanted to mention that this is uh, the first part of Barbenheimer. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Oppenheimer released the same weekend as Barbie, so there's a little bit of competition. Not really because. <laughs> You know the odds are in Barbie's favor, but yeah, um, but it, it seems of... like it's friendly competition at this yeah, point. Yeah, of course, of course. So, well, when... I, I, yeah, I was gonna say I appreciated uh, also Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise and Christopher uh, Query, Query kind of joining in this weird kind of love circle of hey, it doesn't have to be a competition. All right. these movies complement each other. Let's just go watch good movies. Okay. And I appreciated kind of that them should like you know the shots of Tom Cruise with his Barbie ticket and. And them with their Oppenheimer, and I think it was Greta yeah. and uh, Margot Robbie with yeah. their Oppenheimer ticket. And all of the Love fan it. art with yeah. uh, Barbenheimer has been. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. So I, I appreciate the fact that it's like we're not against each other. We're all here just to see good stuff. Friendly competition, indeed. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Uh, haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. That's next week. But um, with Barbie, I mentioned the female empowerment, and it is so tastefully done. It's not over the top. It's just right. It's very appropriate. And this movie, it's, it's you know, I went, when I heard they were doing a Barbie movie, you know, I I was pretty, like, skeptical. You know, it didn't seem like it would be a movie of much substance. Mm-hmm. But Greta Gerwig, she, she injected substance into this film uh, with her beautiful screenplay. She wrote it with her husband, I believe, Noah Baumbach. Yeah, yeah Noah Baumbach, yep. Yeah. And they basically used that, that independent film sensibility in a blockbuster. And it is the, 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 the you know, the, the meshing, the mesh, the meshing of two great worlds colliding into one fantastic cinematic experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, a, it's a beautiful pink ride and Margot Robbie sold it. I, I, I don't think I can think of a better actress, you know, both, you know, uh, physically and, you know, just the way she delivers her lines. You actually believe that she's this 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 doll in this fake world. Um, and again, Ryan Gosling, I think he stole the show. He was just ridiculously hilarious. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, what I mean? and the visuals are there. It, it, it's a beautiful film. And yeah, I, I think I may have to see it again. It, it, this is a definite repeat viewing for me. Yeah, this this is one that I think I'm going to see again and I'm going to take all my girlfriends to go see it. So okay. yeah, and I am wearing uh, pink tonight. Uh, those listening cannot see the pink, but Rachel wearing <laughs> her pink hair. So we yep. are representing, just letting everybody know that. Um, so yeah, I obviously, I mean, I, I did not play with Barbie dolls. I was more of a Batman Ninja Turtles action figure guy, but uh, Rachel, uh, did, were you a would you were you a Barbie uh, fan as a kid? I will say, to be honest, I was not a very big Barbie person. I remember uh, 
my older sister having Barbies. Um, uh -huh. And I remember us kind of utilizing, I think it was an old crib or like some sort of old furniture that we turned into kind of like almost like a uh, Barbie condominium <laughs> that had like all the different uh, little apartments in it. Um, okay. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I played with as much. I think it was because of a lot of the things that the movie actually gets in, delves into um, issues as far as like the, um, like a lot of the image stuff around Barbie, a lot of the like sort of gender essentialist stuff that it's like everything's pink, everything's, right. you know, all Barbies are like skinny and possibly tall. Um, like that's that sort of stuff. It just didn't speak to me. Plus, I was I was quite a bit of a tomboy when I was a kid. Okay. So I, I was very much into the Ninja Turtles and into <laughs> Power Rangers and all yes. of that. So that was that was more my speed at that time. But <laughs> at the same time, I can see the place for Barbie. I And I really love also, without any spoilers, the way that it taps into the history of Barbie and mm -hmm. uh, and the people that created Barbie in the first place. So, yeah. And it, yeah, I agree. Awesome. Awesome point. Also, um, about a, a week before the release, I was uh, I was in the Queen Center Mall. And I walked by, I was in Macy's and I passed by, uh, I guess, the, the toy section and it was nothing but Barbie. So Mattel is definitely doing it right with the marketing on, with the movie. So yeah. I, I respect them for that. Um, so, yeah, this this film, again, lots of fun, kind of mindless, but at the same time delivers a very, very strong message and without giving too much away. Uh, that was definitely, in my opinion, the best part of, of the movie. Um, yeah. We, we also have um, Will Ferrell in kind of a, like a generic uh, villain role. Uh, I was curious, what did you guys think of, of, of uh, Will's performance? I thought he was perfectly fine. Like the way that the character is written, it's very thin anyways. And it actually, I won't say it's necessarily very thin, but he's not really supposed to play a major role in what's going on. He's just supposed to be kind of like a plot device. Right. Um, so right. for that, it's perfectly fine. I liked uh, the boardroom, like was a lot of fun too. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I definitely recognized uh, one of the, uh, one of the other actors uh, that was in the boardroom is also in Fleabag and has quite a substantial recurring role on Fleabag, which was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, the I was actually surprised at how much Mattel was willing to have the movie like take some shots at at the company and mm. about its leadership and yeah maybe examining who's at the top and who's leading the company. Fair enough. Yeah, we we didn't get much of that that meta feel in uh, the Transformers films, which I think would have benefited <laughs> that franchise. This this was much <laughs> closer to something like, say, the Lego Movie, which right. I thought it was interesting that Ferrell's in both of those right. as well. So yeah, yeah. he kind of just gravitates towards that that's those silly toy adaptations, which I didn't yeah. think was a thing until now. <laughs> um, so guys, I I wanted to just uh, segue into uh, our retro review, which is going to be 1987's Mannequin, uh, about another uh, beautiful uh, female doll who becomes real and is kind of just navigating uh, real life and falls in love in the process. Um, it's weird that movie. Yeah, that it's ridiculous to say this, but Mannequin's a little more grounded. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> It's a grounded <laughs> film. Yeah. I mean, compared to this, I don't know. I, I, 
Egyptian woman traveling through time yeah. as a mannequin can be. I feel I feel like ma- <laughs> I feel like mannequin really is the epitome of like eighties camp. Oh like, yeah, it, well it is. I had not seen it before watching it for this episode. And yeah. I had heard for years and years, like like a lot of drag queens like to reference mannequin. A lot of like a lot of queer culture likes to reference mannequin for good reason. And now I see why. It, <laughs> and some, it, yeah. and now I get some of those references. Um, right. It, yeah. It's it's funny how much I had seen the original mannequin yeah. long ago. I haven't watched it in forever. And what's funny is how much I always mix up mannequin two and mannequin one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, because I'm like, wait, I thought there was a sorcerer and a curse. I'm like, no, I don't see. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like I always. But then it's like the one thing I always remember is the the grinder scene at the end with the with uh with uh her feeding all the mannequins to the grinder. And right. It's like so. It's like I have this weird thing where all the mannequin movies are all <laughs> combined in one. They kind of just mesh into yeah. One. They all mesh together. Oh my god. But yeah, I also I also forgot how much um I can't remember the actor's name. How he is literally just playing his police academy character. <laughs> that would and, be Mr. G. W. Bailey, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, who just, was uh, literally playing his exact same character from Police Academy. I think he had the the exact same uh, wardrobe too. Yeah, he, he maybe just jumped off set. And was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that was eighty seven. I, I I'm pretty sure he was that was um, Citizens on Patrol or um, Mission yeah. Miami Beach, one of those. Yeah. Um, but uh, rid- yeah, ridiculous role as a the mall security guard, the uh, the the department store, yeah, the department yeah. store security guard who's very interested in strip searching Andrew McCarthy, yeah. <laughs> and also is checking out the women's lingerie section a couple times. You know those malls yeah. that had those canine units all the time. Ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous. I love it, and but my, I think my favorite um, performance is probably James Spader as the. Yeah. Yep, there he is. <laughs> As the sleazy uh, store executive who basically has it in for uh, Andrew McCarthy's character. Um, this movie is so 80s. It, it, oh. it is so cheesy. The, even though the the, the song um, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now is nominated for an Oscar, uh, yeah. this movie drips of cheese. And oh, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> I, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I've been a, I'm a huge uh, fan of Andrew McCarthy. Um, ever since Pretty in Pink, uh, you know, this he and um, the Weekend at Bernie's movies. Uh, he's also a very accomplished uh, TV director. And um, yeah, he's just an old. And I actually I met him at New York Comic Con a couple years back and he was oh, wow. one of the, the nicest guys. And yeah, I just I love to see anything he's involved with. So, yeah, Mannequin is awesome. Also, Kim Cattrall. Uh, yes, we haven't even brilliant. talked about the the named our mannequin. Man, our mannequin, yeah, yes, yeah. she is perfect in this role, and yeah, I mean, I before this, I, I only really knew her from Sex in the City, uh, yeah. but it was it was good to see her in something else in a different type of role. So yeah, she's um, really cute in this, and the the music numbers with them like dancing around the department store felt very connecting material between this and uh, and the Barbie movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I love yeah the musical aspect is is really a crowd pleasing uh, thing, uh, especially with Barbie. Because when I went into Barbie, I did not know it was gonna be basically a musical, and mm-hmm. that was actually a very pleasant surprise. It really was appropriate. I, I just want to go back to the um, the visual style. Like, what what did you guys think of Barbie Land? Do you think it was uh, oh. did it justice? Oh, it was perfect. Loved it. it was it was 
incredible really yeah. incredible um i actually have an aunt who uh who part of her work is that she uh um <clears throat> She basically collects, restores, and resells uh, Barbies and their wardrobes and all these sorts of like uh, like furniture and things that uh, various accessories for uh, for Barbies. And she has a whole Barbie room in her house, and it reminded me a lot of my experience going into that Barbie room. Um, oh man! So wait, and I, yeah, I think that once she sees it, I think that there's going to be so many references and especially the sequence with involving uh, calling out the different outfits, uh -huh. like the different Barbie outfits so that it's like discontinued or like that it was limited edition for this, that I, I think that's really going to connect to the collector crowd and to the really people that are more tapped into the history of Barbie. So wait, um, so your friend, she, so she has an entire room dedicated to yes my aunt has an entire room dedicated to her wow. uh to her barbie collection to basically categorizing everything to restoring stuff to uh taking like pictures for potential buyers all okay. of that cool yeah I, I think she's gonna be a fan of this movie uh <laughs> i think she's first in she was first in line on friday <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I think she she wanted to see how how they were going to handle the material. I think there was a little. I think there might have been a little bit of concern of, is this just going to be you know making fun of Barbie? Is this going to be you know just a bunch of like? Is it going to be kind of the attitude of the daughter when Barbie first shows up and mm -hmm. she's just like you're you're a fascist? <laughs> like I think that was a little bit of a concern. So, um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very interested to hear her take on it from a collector's standpoint. I would have liked to have seen more uh, interaction between Barbie and Ken and the real world. Like, you know, they pass, there's a scene where they pass by, they're on the uh, Venice beach and they pass by what looks like kind of a gang. And they didn't really go that far into that dynamic of, I mean, I wanted to see more of that, her interaction with the real world. Um, trying well, to think I, I could have watched way more of even just all the other Barbies and Kens in, yeah. in Barbie land. They, the cast is so packed for it that, mm. I mean, everybody doesn't get the amount of screen time that you would hope from any one of these actors. Like you would, but they all do amazing with, with what they have. Yeah. And I just want to read off uh, some of the supporting cast. Uh, so you mentioned America Ferreira, which is fantastic. Uh, we also get a great performance a performance from Kate McKinnon. Uh, yes. My, Michael Sarah is hilarious in a very random role as Alan, I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. Um, definitely Ken's yes. friend, Alan. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, Simu, uh, Simu Leo yeah. from Shang-Chi. And, Shang and Oscar-winning screenwriter Emerald Fennel yep. as the pregnant Barbie. Midge. Midge, uh, the pregnant, yeah, the pregnant friend. Right, right, but we don't talk about. I know uh, Issa Rae was the president. Yeah, Issa mm -hmm. Rae was the president. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we've got uh, Helen Mirren as the narrator, who is perfect. Uh, there's a uh, real Perlman showing up as a surprise. Rhea Perlman was. Oh yeah, so sweet. I loved. I loved seeing her show up. And you know she's so good. I, I, I ever since Cheers, she's you know she's fantastic. So it was very, and there, there are, there is one major cameo which we won't uh, divulge right now, but uh, I think you guys know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I do. Yeah, but um, yeah, we even had um uh, uh, the uh, sex ed, the sex ed uh, reunion yeah. between, with yeah. our 
future Doctor Who, Doctor uh, Nagati. Uh, I can never say his name correctly. Uh, Nakuti Gowada. Yeah, I think that's it. And uh, Emma Mackey. Yeah. Okay. So we got it. We got our preview of uh, the Doctor to yeah. come this later this year. Very nice. And I know you guys are fans of that show. Big fan. Oh yeah. Well, I'm very much looking forward to him taking over the TARDIS. <laughs> Sounds good. So again, I, I love the fact that this movie has brought people back into the theater. I I, I can't stress it. Like we, I know you guys are huge fans of uh, Top Gun Maverick. Um, <laughs> yeah. would, would you rank this uh, about the same or or more in terms? I would of, I would put it above. I'd put above, it above. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think next year at the Oscars, I think there are going wow. to be a number of nominations, and not just production ones. I think that. I could see screenplay. I could see this getting nominated, and yep. I could see Ryan Gosling getting supporting. I see Just Ken getting up nominated for best song, and I'm going to be an advocate for Ryan Gosling for yeah. best supporting yeah. actor. Yeah, I think this is a, a a dead ringer for maybe best visual effects, uh, mm -hmm. cinematography, uh, mm -hmm. definitely definitely screenplay. I'm 100 behind you, Rachel, for that, and yeah. yeah. I, I just hope, I mean, knowing the Academy, they, they will probably nominate this for Best Picture, which I don't think is a great idea. It's not a Best Picture can, uh, candidate, in my opinion, but all the other technical awards and, yeah, I think Gosling, too. Yeah, I agree with that one, too. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, a second film that might be sort of related Small Soldiers from 1998. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, if, if we're if we're going oh, the uh, the the toys coming to life uh, route, I yeah, think... there was well, I was gonna say in the 80s and 90s there was a lot of those. There was Indian right. in the cupboard. There was uh, yeah, of course, uh, Small Soldiers. Yep. Uh, I mean, Toy Story came out of that era too. Oh, of with... course, of course. Oh. I'm trying to remember what other toys come to life movies. And in yeah. Toy Story three, I believe we were introduced to Ken. I think Barbie. Yes. Was, Barbie was really Barbie was in two. Two, yeah. right? Because right. when they go to the toy store, yeah, they go to they, they go to Al's toy barn yep. and they meet Barbie and tour guide Barbie drives yep. them around the store. And, and then, but uh, Ken shows up as part of uh, Lotso's gang. Yeah, and right. Toy Story. Three. He's like one of Lotso's enforcers. Yeah. Which we got Michael Keaton, Ken, who was fantastic. Perfect. Perfect. Can't think of a better actor to voice Ken. But um, again, Ryan Gosling did a very, very good job. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the 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 toy to human uh, dynamic, it's a very interesting formula that we've experienced over the decades. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, uh, are you guys looking forward to Oppenheimer? Very much so. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I cannot wait for Oppenheimer. Okay. Um, that that cast, I I love Cillian Murphy. I want to see him get all of the awards because he's been. I feel like he's been owed it for a long time. He is an incredible actor, just not, and also not an actor that is. It feels like he's in it for the work, and he's in it to deliver just great performances, and doesn't seem to get into all of the really big celebrity culture. Okay. Um, and I, I would be very happy to see him, you know, getting yeah. getting some uh, getting some nods for this role. Yeah, this is and this is a big movie too. It's it's three hours long. It's an epic, mm -hmm. historical epic. Yeah, but I've I've always I've always, I think in terms of U.S. history, I think one of the most important stories 
of U.S. history is the story of the creation of the atomic bomb. I think it is one that we should know hmm. all, like how everything that went into it, including the man Oppenheimer himself, and right. and Nolan. I think is the right person to tell it, yeah. because, especially based on everything I've seen and read. Um, and it's because it's weird to think about the fact that it's like I'm. I was like, oh man, but it's all about like. But I loved Tenet. Like Tenet was my la- the last Nolan movie. And I okay. really like Tenet. Now, granted, that's not at all what Oppenheimer's going yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Tenet. I didn't. I mean, visually, it was amazing. Uh, I think the story was somewhat lacking. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of um, oh, Denzel's son. I don't know him. Yeah. Oh. No, I love oh, Noah. No, but uh, uh, Denzel Washington's son. Uh, J- oh, uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're yeah, talking about. Uh, Washington. Uh, I yeah. don't. I think, think it's like John. John, John yeah. John, yeah. John, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's a particularly good actor. I mean, Black Klansman was very good, but not because of his performance. Um, I'm, I've, I've, I've yet to see something of his that I was that like wowed me. Um, but Tenant, like John you know, David Washington. That's it. Thank yeah. you. I knew he had like two first names in there. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're look, definitely looking forward to uh, Oppenheimer for next week um but we have some time actually guys uh are there any other films coming up i mean i know we have the uh the sag after um strike going on yeah. the writer's strike so things are a little strange right now in the industry mm-hmm. uh but there's, yeah. a, there's a couple of movies you know, out there that obviously re- are being released that were written and performed by people before the strike uh mm-hmm. is there anything coming out in, in this like strange limbo moment time that uh, it's reaching out to you well if i might take this for a little bit of a left turn there is something that i have been revisiting on sunday i actually accidentally did a very appropriate double feature okay. i started out with field of dreams which i have not watched i think since i was a kid i'm yeah. from iowa we're both yeah. from iowa so we've both visited the field and yep. done the whole played thing. baseball there um awesome. but it's it's been a long time since I've watched it. Um, and okay. I was shocked at how modern it felt okay. um, in some ways, like how much it spoke to what's going on today, especially the whole subplot involving the school board and parents trying to get uh, books banned uh, from the local school, mm-hmm. um, which I had completely forgotten about because the last time I saw this movie, I was a kid and probably a lot of that stuff just went right over my head. Right. Um, we remember the baseball. We don't remember the yeah. banning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the the second the second movie that I followed it up with was I ended up rewatching uh, 2020's The Hunt, which I don't know oh, if you ever saw The Hunt. Yes. But that's with the girl from Glow. Um, yes, yeah. Betty, Betty Gilpin. Gilpin. Yep. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. That's a great yeah. movie. Yeah. That's a, a freaky movie. But uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the connecting thread between the two is that I. Uh, um, the actress who plays Kevin Costner's wife in uh, in Field of Dreams is also in The Hunt as Ma at Ma and Pop's convenience store. Right, Amy Madigan. Um, that's uh, yeah. Ed Harris's wife. Yes, yes. Oh. She and she's fantastic in both. Yeah, just really, awesome. really great job. So, oh my god! But back to Field of Dreams, real quick. That movie is is one of the the, the few movies that actually makes me cry. It's um, the last scene, you know, where. Kevin yes. Costner is playing catch with his dad. Oh my god! 
yeah That's after after time. yelling at shoeless joe and saying like what did i do this for and yeah. everything and then getting to see his dad again. i was gonna say which one is it when doc walks off the field to save oh, his daughter oh, yeah or when he plays catch with his there's father so many yeah there's so <laughs> many great moments and um, uh, a, a fantastic movie. score by the late great james horner really mm -hmm. good score. And, and also just great seeing james earl jones get to have such yeah. a fun role for him yeah just just a really great role for yeah. him yeah so wait they, they actually have the field uh oh yeah yes, you can actually um they well, what's nice is for the past couple of years uh costner and them have actually they've done field of dreams games out there where they've done dream games out there yeah because they, they've been trying to they've been trying to make sure to keep the the field preserved because they did one uh actually during the pandemic yeah. when they were first starting to have in-person events yeah. again because it was outdoors so they were able to to do it i guess wow. and uh yeah they've they've kind of used it as a you know, a way to generate interest in the field again yeah. and to get people watching baseball again. And nice. yeah, they should do well, screening. They, do they do screenings there too? Or I think that I think they do I'm... normally do regular events out there, yeah. but I think this was the first one where they did national attention. Uh, like, as I remember, there was a really great, if you go, I know it's on YouTube, they had all, they did shots of all the players on the two teams coming out of the cornfield to go yeah. take their positions. Yeah. Wait, so it was it cool? was very cool to like actually see them all coming out of the cornfield, all taking up the to play oh. the game. Oh, they actually came out. I, I was picturing yeah, they actually they actually had them positioned so they would come out of the cornfield. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was just picturing like a hologram type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. They, it was like film editing, like they'd walk okay. out and walk out. But but it was still just really cool seeing oh. the players all come out. I love it. Where in Iowa is that? I might have to go. Oh. I wonder if like is it Dyersville? I think you're. Right. I think it's near Dyersville. You're right. Yeah, oh, I, I think so. Because there was just yeah, I think it is because Dyersville had the Ertle factory which we'd also go visit to get a uh, little hurdle models whenever we'd go travel out there i love it the field of dreams experience uh, yeah so because yeah. when we because when my family and i went out there it was like you'd always have a handful of people out there you just go out there and just you know hit some balls and have a picnic out there yeah and confirmed Perfect. it is it is a few miles outside of dyersville yeah. iowa so dyersville so we just go out there for the day and have a picnic and play baseball and it do was, it Let's do an under the radar field trip. I think field trip to field trip to the field of dreams. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, so, guys, we just have a, a minute left. Uh, I just want to go around. Um, Eric, I know you usually don't have plugs. Uh, um, the only plug I have is uh, Strange New Worlds. Finally, <laughs> had the lower decks crossover, and it was everything I wanted it to be. I love it. You're such a trekkie. I, also, um, they are. I think they're filming, or they're 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 trying to raise funding for to boldly go, uh, new documentary about the trekkie universe, or it's it's a, it's related to Star Trek in some ways. So I thought uh, yeah. I put that on your radar. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, check it out. Uh, Rachel, any plugs for you? I know you're you're, you're knee deep in donuts. Yeah. Um, so quick plugs, um, the law of donut engineering, AKA the lodge in Jersey city, um, come on out on the weekends. We have amazing donuts. We have sandwiches, um, all sorts of good stuff. You can also find us. We're at uh, two different farmers markets over the weekend in Jersey city. So, uh, you can check out the Instagram for the lodge to find information on those. Um, you can also find me and my baking adventures on Instagram at second act bake shop. 
and you can find Dobby, our sweet oh. dog, who is oh, now cuddled up, oh. cuddled up oh. and passed out. Oh, you can find him on Instagram at Dobby oh. the House Doggo. Dobby, the official mascot of Under the Radar. Definitely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Him. Rachel and Eric, thank you so much as always. Uh, you guys are awesome. And I just want to do some plugs on my end. If you want to see uh, episodes of Under the Radar, just tune into Manhattan Neighborhood Network, Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Uh, also, feel free to visit the Under the Radar YouTube channel, subscribe and share. And yeah, that about does it for part one of Barbenheimer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, part two uh, next week. It should be very exciting. And uh, yeah, this has been Under the Radar, bringing movies and people together one frame at a time. We'll see you next time. Take care.